the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferrets Tove, financial literacy educator and speaker, entrepreneur, and chairman of the board of a bank in formation. Take charge of your financial future with Your Personal Bank. Now here's Ferrets Tove. Welcome to the Your Personal Bank Show. First thing I got to do is clarify some misunderstanding from last week's show. I am not a never-Trumper. I voted for him twice. If he's the nominee, I'll vote for him again. There were some, I got a lot of folks who responded. Yes, I was frustrated. I think about the midterm elections. I think a lot of people were because I believed, I truly believed that there was a generational opportunity here that was squandered. And I believed that because of record inflation, record high gas prices, um, (laughs) the border, you know, what's being taught in the schools, any number of things that most Americans, I still believe, are not in favor of. What I have struggled to understand, my biggest disappointment, actually, and I said it last week, was that I, I, I struggle to understand why so many people voted to their, their own detriment. If, in other words, they voted for, in a lot of ways, more of the status quo. Again, record Gas prices, record. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they even, they even said, uh, they said, well, they're just not paying attention. And I said, you know, how I don't understand how you can not pay attention every time you go to the grocery store or the gas station, right? The even if you're not working and you're getting money from the government for per se, your money's going less far. You're able to buy less stuff than you were before, and a big cause of that. Is inflation the cause of the inflation? Of course, we've talked about this so many times. Is energy policy and printing too many dollars? Now, maybe there's there's enough people out there still that do not understand that and need some education. And well, the reality is, if the um, the legacy media, it's not there's nothing mainstream about the legacy media today. If they stopped being such a propaganda arm for the Democratic Party and the liberal agenda. Um, they're probably worth five to 10 points on any given election cycle. You know what I mean? So, you know, there's that. There's a lot of reasons behind this. You know, I think uh, there's some things Trump could have done that could have been more beneficial. I think he could have spent more money on this on the uh, candidates that he supported, of course. Uh, I think Mitch McConnell uh, misused a lot of funds and, and allocated them in the wrong places. Um, I think the Democratic message was, well, more effective than many thought it would be. Uh, let's face it, they got a lot of young people to vote. Uh, a lot of it, I think, because of the promise of uh, student loan bailouts, which yeah, may not happen. Uh, interesting. It's, it's like a bait and switch, right? But, you know, Democrats got what they wanted. They got uh, people to vote for them, at least. Uh, abortion, certainly, there was an issue there. So there's a lot of 
reasons behind it. I don't think there's one, but we, I felt like there was a generational opportunity that was squandered. Thankfully, Republicans got the House. We have a divided government from, a, from an economic standpoint, from a standpoint of the direction our country's been headed. That's, that's good. It's not great, but it's definitely better. A lot less will get done, which is kind of interesting. The economy tends to do well. Go back and look at the studies. Over and over again, it shows divided government works. It's good for the economy. It's good for most Americans because they get less done. That right in and of itself means, should tell you, that less government is better. It's proven over and over and over again. Now, my issue with Trump has never been his policies. In fact, that's why I voted for him the second time. The first time was because I felt like a shakeup was was a good idea. I was tired of the establishment, the way the government had been going for the last several decades, in fact. So a shakeup was good. Second time, I liked his policies. My issue with Trump has always been his communication style or lack thereof. Why is that so important? Any leader, any good leader of any organization, communication is a key, is key. If you lead an organization or a group, you have to be able to reach out to those who don't necessarily agree with you all the time. That's part of being a leader and getting some of those people that are a little bit more on the margins, if you will, to buy into your vision of what you're, you're trying to accomplish. That's the mark of a good, good leader, a, communication, a good communication leader. And Trump sorely lacks in that area. In fact, he tends to create division. Um, he's not the only one. Democrats are good at it, too. Biden certainly has been doing the same thing. Um, division is not good in a leader, in my opinion. It's hard to get anyone on the other side or someone in the middle, so to speak, to work with you. In fact, Trump's greatest strength happens to be his greatest weakness at the same time. In other words, most people either love or hate Trump. There's not many in the middle. I think I'm one of those few out there who can, I don't, I don't love him. I don't hate him. Um, I like what he does. I like his policies. I've been critical of that. I've been also uh, of, of um, his communication style, I should say, and I've been, and where credit's due, I've, you know, I've been in support of his policies. In fact, it's funny, when you talk to people, most people I talk to who, not, who are not Trump fans in any shape, manner, or form, generally like his policies, but his communication style has turned them off so much. It's It's visceral. That's what I was saying. It's so visceral, so like, gut level stuff that they just can't get past it. And if you on a le- deep level like that, you just infuriate people. And there's, there's no question Trump has done that to many folks. It's hard to win. It's hard to get a majority, especially as divided as our country is right now. I, I, I hate to say this, but we've known this country is divided what struggle, I struggle to understand, and I still am struggling to understand, is why so many of them are willing to vote to their own detriment. In other words, they voted in favor of continued high inflation and continued high gas prices and energy prices uh, to their own, their own economic detriment and to the detriment of their, not themselves, but also the future. 
They voted in favor of continuing to keep the border wide open. All these kinds of things, right? So I struggle to understand why some people, a number of them, why even some of these elections were so close even. So please understand, I am not, and I repeat, I am not an ever-Trumper. I don't think I ever will be. But I'm also not his biggest cheerleader, okay? I've even said from his policy standpoints, he did many, many great things. And I would like to see many of those policies continued. Probably one of his greatest achievements was judges. No question, okay? But, you know, he promised to build the wall. He got it started. He got it most of the way done, but he didn't finish it. And I understand he had a lot of a lot of obstacles, a lot of pushback on it, but you expect leaders to get things done. You know, horseshoes and hand grenades, almost done doesn't cut it, okay? When you're talking about truly a leader. So, you know, to be to be totally fair, he he started the job, he got it most, but he didn't get the job done. And by the way, building the wall was one of those big things he ran on. But the biggest one, the biggest policy failure that I believe Trump had, and I've shared this so many times, is he did not drain the swamp. We all remember he ran on that. We're going to drain the swamp. He was there four years. He didn't do it. And the swamp is what really took him down. Now, I understand there's a lot of reasons behind it. Maybe under, he, I've heard this. He's underestimated how entrenched they were, how how much they really were against him, okay? He was, you know, there's naive, either a little bit of being naive, I guess, I, I don't know, or or maybe believing in his own powers of persuasion a little too much that he was going to bring those people around to his way of thinking. He did not succeed in that. He, that's what the one policy area or campaign promise, if you will, that was a spectacular fail. Now, look, like I said, if he's a nominee, I'll vote for him again because I liked his policies. But all I was trying to say is his ability to reach across the aisle to rhinos or even Democrats is is not not very good. And look, I want to run. You know, I'm not a fan of rhinos by any stretch of the imagination. I support good, strong, conservative candidates whenever possible. But but the hard facts are. Every election cycle, there's going to be Democrats and there's going to be some rhinos. We can do everything we can to get them out. But once they're there, here's the facts. A conservative has more in common with a rhino than a Democrat, especially today's Democrats. And so I'm not saying compromise on any values. I don't see a Ron DeSantis compromising on his on his uh, con- his conservative values. He's He's been pretty strong, right? But he doesn't create... Amnesty, or animosity, that's the word I'm thinking of. He doesn't create that, he doesn't create the enemies, if you will, like a Trump does. So there are ways to stick stick with your principles, but then when you find areas of common ground, you can still work with those that maybe are somewhere in the middle or perhaps even on the other side of the aisle to get things done where you can. I mean, that's part of, that's part of real life, folks, and that's part of politics. In other words, I like to see... I like to see things getting done in the right way, less government, less taxes, less infringement on our rights. Okay. And whenever you can get wins in those areas, by all means, we want to take advantage of that. So we can create a better future 
for this country going forward. There's enough positives from this last election cycle to be hopeful about the future. Uh, some of the, um, you know, some of the biggest things, again, was Florida. Uh, I think that's the roadmap to success for any good, strong candidate for, for you know, they don't. In fact, I think that'll, that actually helps the conservatives and hurts the rhinos, the one, those uh, ones in the middle, so to speak, because I don't think anyone can call Ron DeSantis a, a rhino. And, you know, I was, on, I was in favor of Trump getting back in because I thought he would clean the swamp up this time. And if he gets there, I think he will. But I don't know if he's going to make it past the general election. He'll get the base, but will he win? And, and man, we, I don't want to see another four years of the Democrats being in charge of the executive branch. Does that make sense? I want to see some difference, positive differences and positive directional change with this country and where it's going. It's been far too negative for far too long. We need to see some positive movement in the right direction, okay? That's all I'm saying. Look, I've got some great news, exciting new product stuff. We have uh, positive arbitrage on products you can access directly from the insurance company, even with the current interest rates, even without using the bank lines now. So we got some new stuff. I'm going to encourage you to stay tuned. In the next segment, I'm going to cover some more of that, and then I'll finish up with some other thoughts and particularly what's going on. Uh, here in Arizona. So I'm going to really encourage you to stay tuned. For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Tooth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. So as I was stating in the last segment, we have some exciting new product developments. There's no question that interest rates this year, well, they've gone up faster than any time in the last 40 years. I was looking at some charts earlier, and if you want me to send those to you, I'll be happy to do so. You can go to yourpersonalbank.com, by the way, and, and I'll, uh, I'll be ha- email me and I can send those to you. But, you know, the federal, uh, the prime rate, for example, um, beginning of this year, 2022, was three and a quarter percent. And the prime is, is considered, if you don't know, uh, it's considered the best rate a uh, individual can borrow money at uh, with great credit. And, you know, many people, <laughs> it was in the, uh, well, recent past, you know, you could get a 30-year fixed mortgage at the 3% range, okay? So I even saw some high twos for a little while. But, you know, about three and a quarter was where the prime was, was floating around. Well, today it's seven, uh, probably by December, based on what the Federal Reserve's telling us they're going to do. We'll probably be around seven and a half. So that means a typical 30-year fixed mortgage with good credit is going to move from three and a quarter the beginning of 2022 and end up by the end of the year about seven and a half. In other words, double. Folks, that is huge. If you talk about the extra interest involved on a typical mortgage, uh, you could be talking about an extra two, uh, you know, dollars $300,000 more of interest over the life of that loan if it stays at that rate. Uh, you can be easily talking about five hundred to a thousand dollars more per month payment for the same property for a typical average house today. So you know an extra thousand bucks a month just for the mortgage payment, and it's all interest. It's not going to principal, right? Just because all that extra interest is a massive, massive change. Obviously, that has impacted the stock markets, for example, in a big way. Um, there's no secret that. 
2022 has been a really tough year for the stock market. And I just read today uh, Goldman Sachs stating, and I've heard this from many, many folks, many experts, if you will, uh, that the um, markets aren't done going down yet. And they fully expect that to continue into through 2023. I tend to agree with them because if we're dealing with a high interest rate environment, high inflation, high cost of money, accessing money to expand, grow business and things like that, that is going to be a drag on the economy. It's going to be a drag on the stock market for most companies, not all, but most. It's going to be a drag on real estate. Um, We're starting to see real estate prices already crusting and going down in many parts of the country, particularly where they went up the most. And I think that trend is going to continue for some time. As the Federal Reserve, again, has stated uh, quite clearly that the uh, they're going to keep they're, they're not done raising rates, one. And then two, once they are done raising them, they've been very clear in stating they're going to keep them there for a while. Now, how long does that mean? Most, most people are guesstimating six months to a year. So whenever it is they finally stop or pause, then those rates aren't going back down right away, folks. And it's funny. I keep hearing people talk about, oh, the Fed's going to pause, and then the markets will go back up and all these things. And, uh, you know, I'm generally an optimistic person. But I'm listening to what the Federal Reserve is actually telling us. And so far this year, Jerome Powell and the Federal Reserve has been very, very effective in telegraphing us what they're going to do. And they've so far followed through on everything they said. Yes, they, they, ever since they made the foolish error of keeping interest rates far too low for far too long, they admit that today. I was talking about that a couple, three years ago. Fed needs to start bringing rates back up to something more normal, not keeping them at historically low rates for so long. The point is they relate to the game. They recognize that, and they've aggressively tried to adjust that. And, you know, they're talking about, Inflation being transitory and all those things, I think a lot of that was politically motivated, unfortunately. It's not the reality. Again, they admit that, too, and this is going to be around for a while. Inflation, once you got genie gets out of the bottle, man, it's really, really hard to put it back in. So we're going to be dealing with this for a while. Now, the good news is, and that's why I say that your personal bank and dividends are a rare, are a rare bright spot in the financial world right now. In other words... People are so, so many people are used to this past decade of the easy monetary policy or a low interest rate environment. They just got used to investing in real estate and in the stock market and things going well. Well, folks, that's, that's in the rear view mirror in a big way now. And it's not coming back anytime soon. Uh, again, that's according to the Federal Reserve, not me. So whenever there's winners, there's losers. Or, you know, when there's losers, there's winners, right? Well, one of the things that wins on this high interest rate environment, high inflation, is dividend, uh, the interest rate sensitive assets, dividends, for example. Your personal bank is based on dividends. Like I said, we have companies paid 6% today, even with the historical low dividends, I'm sorry, interest rates for the past decade plus. And folks, dividends are going up. Here's the thing you need to understand. Even if the Federal Reserve does stop raising rates, and there's no indication of that yet, And even if the Federal Reserve brings them back down, again, no indication of that either. They say they're going to keep them there a while. What does that tell us? Well, insurance companies invest in bonds, typically 30-year bonds, 
over long periods of time to spread out the average return. So although, yes, absolutely, the bonds that they're purchasing today, this year, they're making three to four times the profit. We're talking about three to four-fold increases in profitability for these insurance companies buying these bonds this year over, say, last year even. And so their profitability has shot up, which is great news for dividends. The thing is, they're still carrying the weight of the past decade of low interest rates. So it's going to be a move that's going to be slow and consistent over time. In other words, each and every year, we're going to pretty much expect increased dividends. And I think I'm being conservative when I'm saying five years. It might be 10, where we're going to see increased dividends pretty much every year. So we're even that's if the Federal Reserve stops raising rates. And again, there's no indication of that yet. So, you know, the old adage, buy low, sell high. You want to talk about a diversification strategy? You want to talk about being in a winning environment when every, most everything else that we're familiar with and used to is really struggling? You need to consider your personal bank and the dividends because they're on the increase. And we've locked in, you know, borrowing rates in the 4% range. So we're, we're sitting there with a situation with 6% dividends and rising and 4% borrowing rates. That's pretty sweet because then you can keep the difference when you access the funds. Look, you can leave it there, keep access to the money, high liquidity, tax-free if we set it up correctly, which, of course, we do. And then you can access those funds anytime you want if you want to reinvest in the market or real estate or whatever else you may be interested in doing and still get that positive arbitrage. Look, if you want to learn more about this and how it all works, contact me at toll-free 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Again, that's 866-268-4422. I'm going to encourage you to stay tuned in the next segment because I'm going to change up the gears a little bit here uh, because I want to share some more thoughts about where I see things headed going forward, both from an economic standpoint and a political standpoint. And there's some bright spots ahead. Um, there's some real landmines ahead, too, for sure. So I'm just going to really encourage you to – I'm just going to share with you what's going on, what I feel like is going on and. I guess I've had one of those rare, uh, rare gifts of kind of seeing ahead, it seems like before most others. So stay tuned. For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. So I want to share some discussions I had I've had recently this past week with several longtime clients of mine. And these are folks that have been doing the personal bank concept five, six, nearly 10 years. And it's interesting. It's universal. The, <laughs> they're in way better financial position than they were five or 10 years ago in each of their situations. The monies that they've gained they haven't seen go backwards this past year. Uh, they don't have to retrace. Very happy about that. And what's and they're super excited about the future because they're full liquidity. They see increasing dividends going forward, higher interest rates going forward, and um, it's it, it, it the stress levels. I'm going to tell you, folks, way way lower 
And I've got several, I've got a couple that have retired as a result and several more that are looking at retirement soon. And it's kind of interesting because it's definitely the opposite, diametrically the opposite when I'm talking to prospective clients typically where most, if not all of their money has been in the markets or real estate or whatever, things like that, that obviously have much more let's just say volatility (laughs) in values, their stress levels, their concern levels are far, far higher in general. And they're really concerned about the future going forward. And I think they have reason to be concerned. And my message, my point to both groups, to anyone who's listening right now, there's no reason why you have to ride the roller coaster, if you will, of uh, asset values and trying to figure out what the government's going to do next, what the Federal Reserve's going to do next. I think there's some pretty clear indicators at the moment. I think it's pretty clear this next decade's probably not going to be like the past decade was. Certainly next three to five years is going to be far different than what we've seen the last decade. Uh, Easy monetary policy and interest rates environment alone, massively different. My point is, and I'll share this... uh, with a gentleman, actually, I was talking to you today, and it was interesting. I'm not against taking risk. Gosh, I'm an entrepreneur myself, okay? I invest in things too. But as I've always said, and I've said this for 23 years now, I've always said, putting all of your monies at some form of risk or some level of risk um, may work for some people, but I find it doesn't work for a lot of folks. It creates a lot more stress than's necessary. And I'm not the only one saying that. There's many studies showing that one of the major mistakes that most investors make is taking on far too much risk. My point is simple. If you lock down a certain portion of your portfolio when you, and you can generate an income from that, and that income is sufficient, let's say, to pay your basic expenses, food, housing, clothing. No, none of the frills. Just cover your base. You know you're going to be okay. With whatever income you have, using that, whether it's Social Security or anything else, and you use that to supplement. So you've got the, the basics covered, right? Well, can you then take the rest of it and, and actually take on more risk? Can you be more aggressive? The answer is yes. Because I think anyone who's invested understands that the real returns come typically in those areas that involve more risk, right? Risk-reward. So you can actually, moving towards or even in retirement, have an aggressive portion of your portfolio working for you. And that can be a far higher percentage, by the way, than many traditionally would consider because your basics are covered. You know you got your, you got your income covered no matter what. It takes a lot of pressure off, too. It's a, it's a, a mentally, uh, stress-wise, it relieves a lot of pressure because, again, you know you got the basics covered. You got your bills covered. So then you can take a flyer on something where you think maybe this could be a really big win. And if it doesn't work out, you're, you know you're going to be okay. Again, that takes a lot of pressure off, takes a lot of stress off. And it allows you actually to take on more risk than maybe you are now, just maybe in a smaller portion of, your, of the entire portfolio. It's no different than the philosophy a successful gambler uses in Vegas. You know, you figure out how much you're able or willing to lose, and you don't go over that, right? If, and another question, this is a very powerful question I've shared for over 20 years. 
you have to ask yourself a simple question. If your portfolio value dropped 20% this next week, this next month, whatever, which is certainly possible, we've seen that this year, of course, would you lose a little sleep at night? Would that bother you? Would that be of a concern? And if the answer is yes, then you might want to consider locking down some of that so you got your bills covered, your basic expenses covered. I find that something like 80% of the people I talk to, that's really where they're at. And then risk the risk. And your personal bank can help you do that, particularly with the not only the safe part, reducing risk, reducing taxes and all that, but it actually can help you on the risk part increase your rate of return through positive arbitrage. Contact me at toll-free 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. For more information on Your Personal Bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. Well, I would be remiss if I didn't share a few thoughts about Thanksgiving because, well, this is Thanksgiving week. And depending on when you listen to the show, maybe you've already, you, maybe you've already shared, you know, some uh, time with your loved ones. Maybe you're going to soon. And I just encourage you and I hope you do that kind of thing. And, and Thanksgiving is one of those things where <laughs> it is what it like, just like in the name. We give thanks for the blessings that are in our lives. And I'll just say it, you know, we give thanks to God for the blessings that are in our lives. All right. I mean, that's what it's about. Recently, I've got, it's come to my attention that there's those that are out there that are trying to, what, you know, like we're trying to attack Thanksgiving and, and trying to create a different. What, what I should say, different uh, narrative about Thanksgiving, about it, it's about colonialism and all these other things. You know, we've been attacked on Christmas for years now. I mean, you know, so many people say happy holidays now. And I think personally, that's kind of offensive. I'm old fashioned maybe, but, you know, I have a lot of very fond memories of Christmas and the holidays in particular about family members sharing times with family and and believe me, I didn't know we didn't I didn't grow up with the best family, but those were some of the best memories that I had of some of the especially extended family and many of those that are no longer with us today. And we said Merry Christmas. And there were just a lot of traditions. It's cultural. It's just uh, you know, half my family's Hungarian, the, the Hungarian side. There's a lot of cultural traditions that are there. And what's interesting, I find, is when it comes to a lot of those traditions or or traditions that are part of accepted groups today by the liberals, they won't attack their cultural traditions, but they feel free to attack ours. Well, you know what? I don't think it's right to attack anyone's traditions or culture. It's part of what um, it's part of what you identify with who you are, where you came from, your ancestors, all that kind of stuff, the history that's there. Look, it's not all it's not all positive. There's negative, like with anything. No one is you know, no one living today is blameless and you know, no one's perfect, right? So mistakes were made and mistakes were made in history and all that. But you don't need to take something like Thanksgiving that's generally a positive thing. I mean, giving thanks and being grateful 
is a positive emotion. Spending time with loved ones, breaking bread with them, having turkey or whatever it is that you may do, those are generally positive things. And yes, there's the issues with family members that we don't get along with or don't agree with and all that, but it's still an, it, overall a positive thing. And for anybody to attack that and try to change that narr- narrative, well, frankly, personally, I find that them and that idea offensive. If you don't like Thanksgiving, fine, don't be a part of it. But don't try to ruin it for anyone else. That's my prerogative. And the nice thing, and this is one of the things I'm giving thanks for, is particularly this year, I'm seeing that we there's been an, a, an escalation of the attack on free speech and the culture and the traditions and all that many, many of us grew up with. And that, 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 again, that attack has escalated and escalated to the point where there's now a strong pushback where, you know, Elon Musk has taken over Twitter because of free speech. He didn't have to do that. And now it's becoming a place where people can actually share what they think and how they feel without being censored. Uh, he's, you know, he's eliminate. he's allowing people back on that have been uh, banned, which was just ridiculous. He, you know, he, he's allowed Trump to come back, whether he wills or not, will or not, we'll see. But he has the option now. And that's what free expression, freedom of expression, freedom of speech, the First Amendment to the Constitution and the Bill of Rights is all about, right? Okay? And I'm thankful that we still have that freedom of speech because— in the reality, in this world today, even in this world in 2022, there are major parts of the world that folks do not have that kind of freedom of speech. I mean, look at Brittany Griner in Russia. It's interesting where she got arrested, and I last I saw a nine-year prison term for carrying cannabis oil, apparently, into Russia, which is a felony there. And that she may never play professional basketball again. And what's interesting is this is somebody who was not pro-America, had said a lot of negative things about this country and the freedoms that we, you know, I'll bet she appreciates a lot of those freedoms today and wish she still had them. Had, I support her right to protest. She has her, she can have her opinions, but I'll bet she might, I would think, change her tune a little bit. And she had the opportunity to get out of prison I bet she would take it in a heartbeat. You know, I think of China. I think of, you know, Venezuela. You you name it. There's so many. Cuba, there, North Korea. There's so many different parts of this world where there's many, many. You know, Iran. People live under overbearing governments, dictatorships, communism, you name it. And the fact that we still have the freedom and the ability to share how we think and feel Look, for my, you know, I've never been shy about sharing about how I feel. And so that's really important to me because it's it's who I am as a person. I just can't, you know, I just can't keep my mouth shut. What can I say? Um, I'm just thankful that we have the ability to still do that. And the pushback is happening, and I'm thankful for that too because we're seeing more freedom coming out. And you've got things like Rumble and these other social media platforms that are coming out stronger. You've got governors like DeSantis and Abbott in Texas and others who are 
standing up for the freedoms of, for the citizens in their states. In other words, what I'm thankful for is I th- I still believe this. We didn't see the red wave in the midterms. I get that like many were expecting, including myself. But we're seeing the pushback because the Marxist liberals went too far. And there are really positive, bright spots as a result. And I believe that will continue. It's not like people are going to forget that they were shut into their homes or their business was closed because of COVID, for example. We're not going to forget that anytime soon. And so a lot of people, I believe, and I'm thankful for this, well, including myself, have woken up to the reality that if we're asleep at the wheel, that there are players, there are people in government that will take our freedoms away. They'll just keep eroding and eroding, and eventually we won't have much left, right? And I'm thankful that so many people have woken up to that fact and and are pushing back and fighting back. So I think that'll put a stop to it. Unfortunately, I thought it would happen quicker. I thought we'd see a bigger pushback. But I, it just, I've heard so many people talk about this. Maybe it just hasn't gotten bad enough for be, enough people. And I think part of that may be unemployment is still at low levels. That's starting to change. And I think as this high interest rate environment continues along, we'll see more of that. Many of these big tech companies, for example, are laying people off. And they've, I don't know if they've ever done that, actually. So um, somebody said, I don't know who said this, but a recession is when your neighbor loses their job and a depression is when you lose yours. <laughs> you know, as more and more of that happens, more and more people will wake up to the fact that this high inflation is really, really hurting people. Okay. And these ha- this, this ridiculous energy policy is really harming people. Okay. We need all of the above on board for energy. We need our government needs to get out of it and allow the, the system, the free enterprise system to take over and allow the reliable, inexpensive, clean sources of energy that we have, including things like natural gas, nuclear, you name it, clean coal, all of the above, solar, wind, you name it, let them thrive. Because here's the, the illogical thing about all that. Today, it's in, it, it is absolutely impossible to build an electric car without fossil fuels. Impossible. Can't be done. Can't charge it without fossil fuels either. So that's sort of the uh, dichotomy there, and yet they're pushing it and pushing it. And, you know, I don't think our government has any business or right to push any of that kind of stuff on us. It's none of their business. I don't see it in the Constitution. Do you? I mean, they have certain jobs to do, like protect our border, common good, safety, commerce, okay? But do they have the right to push what kind of energy energy source we use? I don't think so. And this message about the government has no money is resonating. Remember, the government has no money. Take that home to the bank. The money they have comes from us, the taxpayers, or from printing presses, which creates inflation, which means we all pay more. Everyone is hurt. So it's these kinds of things, again, that I'm thankful for. And then, obviously, I'm thankful because I'm blessed that I have, well, I have the micro, this microphone and, and a, uh, a platform that's actually expanding into the next year. 
I'll have more information on that. I'm thankful for that. It'll be a new audience, more, more, be able to reach out to more. That's exciting. And I, this is not something I was looking for several years ago. It just kind of fell in my lap. And I realized, I thought about it, and I prayed about it, and realized it was a God thing that I haven't seen, I haven't pursued this. I didn't seek this out. It just keeps coming to me. So clearly, and the results have been so positive overall as I continue to go forward. And I'm just trying to fi- follow the path that, that God's path for me, what's best for my, me and my life, for my family, and to help the people I come in contact with. Um, do the best I can do. And I'm thankful for that. And uh, another personal note, you know, some people kind of poo-poo this, but I've shared this for over 20 years when I was training agents and things like that. And I would openly share this. And I say, look, I'm not trying to shove, shove this down anyone's throat or anything. I'm not trying to preach to anybody. But for over 20 years, before I meet with a client or a pros- prospective client, I always say a simple little prayer. And that prayer isn't to make this close the deal or make the sale or anything like that. My prayer is, God, please place on my heart to share the information that I need to share and for the folks to see what they need to see to make the best decisions for the decisions for them. That's my prayer. And I just feel like that if I can help guide somebody, give them some advice, whatever it may be, to help them get to where they're supposed to go, that I've done, them, I've done them a service and I've been a positive in their life. And it's amazing how many times and how many ways that those positives come back to me. And I, I think, I know I've been blessed as a result of that because I try to keep my heart in the right place. And I'm not perfect, <laughs> but my wife keeps me grounded and reminds me when something big exciting happens. She goes, you know, God put that, you know, that's, that's God put in your, in, in, in your life or in your path. I said, I know, I know you're right. You're right. You're so right. It's great. I'm thankful for having such a great partner 20, over 20 years. I've got two beautiful teenage girls. I'm thankful and blessed with them. So there's so many things I have to be thankful for my health, all those things that I know none of this is by accident. So I hope you have things to be thankful for and be grateful for and think on those things. And if you do, a grateful heart just puts you in a better frame of mind. I see a lot of upset, angry people out there, but I find if you're thankful and grateful about what you do have, whatever that may be, it just makes things a little better. And if you continue down that path, they'll continue to get better for you. Contact me at toll-free 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com for more information. I wish you and your loved ones a happy Thanksgiving. Don't let the naysayers get to you. And it's still on our money, so in God we trust. For more information on Your Personal Bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. This show is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information. The presenter and guest on this program do not engage in legal, accounting, or tax advice. Professional advice regarding your situation should be sought if required. Products and writers may have limitations and may not be available in all states. Excessive unpaid loans may affect performance. Distributions may become taxable if not managed properly. Replacements may not be suitable for everyone. There may be charges when replacing coverage. Compare it when considering a replacement. Dividend rates and bank line of credit rates may change. Contact yourpersonalbank.com for current rates. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.